Protestants worship God through their spirit-filled worship services, fellowship, and Bible studies. Catholics worship God through their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house who fight over who God loves more just because he gave us different colored rooms. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. But it doesn't have to end this way. If we want to beat the enemy, Protestants and Catholics must join forces. But how? Stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are the same. We are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. There are 120 million Protestants and Catholics in America. Imagine if we stopped fighting each other and started fighting the enemy and his evildoers. Imagine if we all pointed in the same direction, back towards God. Imagine if we started voting for laws that align with God's laws. What would happen? We believe that God's hand of protection and favor would heal our land and bring us back to one nation under God. We like this idea so much, we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians share shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their lives and what happened next. Grab your pen and paper because in the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to increase your faithfulness, your fruitfulness, and your fulfillment in God's kingdom. Let's go. Today, my featured guest is Nikki Ballou. He is the number one international bestselling author of the book, Finish Line Thinking, How to how to think and win like a champion. He's also written the Thought Leaders Journal, A Fable of Life, and The Power of Connecting, How to Activate Profitable Relationships by Serving Your Network. Now, Nikki is an in-demand and highly inspirational speaker to corporate audience such as RBC, Luluman, uh, Royal LePage, uh, and Torstar Media. Sorry for the pronunciation there, Nikki. Uh, he is an, an advisor and confidant to some of the most successful and dynamic entrepreneurs in Canada. He's the co-founder of E-Circle Academy, uh, where he runs a year-long mastermind and educational program working with coaches, consultants, corporate trainers, clinic owners, realtors, mortgage brokers, and other service-based entrepreneurs, positioning them as authorities in their niche. He is the creator of the Thought Leader Heart Leader uh, designation. He has helped 11 people add seven to eight figures to their businesses and over 60 people add a hundred dollars to $500,000 to their business income. So as you can tell, BC Nation, he is very successful in the business world. We didn't bring him on to talk about that. We brought him on to talk about what is God doing in his personal life that makes him so effective out in his business life. So as the host of the number one podcast in the world on thought leadership, the thought leader revolution, Nikki has interviewed over 300 of the world's top thought leaders, such as I'll name two or three astronaut, Chris Hadfield, George, George Ross of the hit TV series, the apprentice, 
Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank and many others, supermodels, business moguls, you name them, he's interviewed them. So uh, Nikki Ballou, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Take 30 seconds and just fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, first of all, Joseph, uh, thank you so much for starting things off with prayer. I think that was beautiful. And uh, secondly, thanks for the honor of being on your show. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Secondly, you know, I'm originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm from uh, Christian from Tehran, Iran. And back when I was a boy, the Iranian Islamic Revolution happened. And my late father, God rest his soul, had the foresight to see that this would not be great for his Christian family to live in a theocratic, revolutionary, tyrannical state. And he was right. Uh, immediately, there was all kinds of, uh, of laws passed that legally discriminated against you if you weren't a Muslim. Uh, and, you know, it was not a fun or an easy time to be in Iran. So we moved to the West. And every day, I thank God for my dad and his foresight in bringing us to the West because we get to live free here. Now, when I was 11 years old, Joseph, a individual threw a Molotov cocktail through our living room window with a note on it that said, die Christian scum, assure Christian scum. Mm -hmm. If not for the grace of God, who prevented that cocktail from exploding, you and I would not be speaking today because I would not be here, you know? And I think every single person who lives in the United States of America and Canada in the free West needs to give thanks to God that we live in a uh, society, in a, in, in a country where we are free to worship as we choose. We are free to believe as we choose. And why I believe the work that you do is important is because we need to keep reminding people of that, that there are folks out there that are trying to divide us, that are trying to Put up, pit us against each other so they can take these rights away from us and hope that we don't notice. So don't let them do that. Continue to, to move forward and, and stand for these rights. Religious liberty is a very important right. And I'm very grateful um, lately that, uh, you know, there seem to be a lot of people that see that and are taking uh, some good steps to make sure that we get to preserve our rights and freedoms uh, as long as there is breath in our bodies. I think it's important that we do that. So my dad brought us here and, you know, he had this boast he used to make. He said to me, you know, son, we fed 51 families this week, ours and his 50 employees. He was a very proud man. He lifted himself up from the bootstraps and he uplifted people. This is a man who would give you the shirt off his back. And I mean that quite literally. He bought people houses, apartments, cars. He gave them their start in business. If you knew Napoleon Ballou, your life was going to improve. And if Napoleon Ballou was someone whose circle you were in, you were going to have opportunities brought your way. You were going to be shown how to be uplifted in a way that would absolutely astound you. But he was one of God's angels. You know, he was, he was an imperfect angel, but he came onto this planet to make a difference for people. And I worship my father. You know, he was, he was a great man and I wanted to be like him. So that's why I decided to get into business for myself as well to make a difference for people, brother. Mm. You know, so often we hear, not just on this show, but on many shows, um, you know, just really uh, dysfunctional relationships with our dads and, you know, our upbringing and just how that negatively impacts uh, much of our lives as adults. And it's so refreshing to hear a man 
come on uh, this show today and be so proud of his father, um, admire his father, but not just for his business success, but what he did with it for his impact in the lives of others, of God's children, um, that he was a light in the darkness. Um, man, that is something to be proud of, you know? So what a gift you have. Uh, you're one of the, uh, unfortunately, one of the outliers nowadays um, that has had just a great loving relationship uh, with their father. And, and you were honest. You said, hey, he wasn't perfect. You know, he's human. But man, um, he really did well uh, as a servant of God. So, you know, before we get into your story, your spiritual journey, because you've had ups and downs, just like your dad. Um Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a collector and I collect certain things. So um, this is a pen. I collect interesting, unique pens. So that's a uh, pen that's looking, that's shaped, shaped like, like a 50 caliber, 50 caliber bullet. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so very unique, I, interesting collectibles. I also collect knives. I have over 100 knives. This knife was uh, designed by Mr. Ernest Emerson, who's been on actually both my podcasts. And he is the inventor of the tactical folding knife for the United States Navy SEALs. He's, he's a man of faith as well. Um, and uh, this... Uh, this man is an incredible designer of knives. I have knives from all kinds of people, but if you look at this, it has a, a, a handle that's called grippy because it's made of a material called G10. And this, like, if it gets wet, you know, you're a Navy SEAL and you're out mm -hmm. there, you know, knives are going to get wet, handles are going to get wet. You're still going to be able to hold on to it, which is good. It's designed in such a way that it fits really, really well in the hand. It's got something here called jimping. You know, and I just love the beauty of the aesthetic of the design is this. So you can put your thumb on it and get a good grip on it. And this thing cuts like nobody's business. And um, I've read over 4,000 books. So I collect a lot of books, man. Like I order books every week, you know, they just keep growing. And I've got this app uh, that I'm on called Goodreads. I don't know if you know Goodreads, but yeah. So there's a reading challenge every year and. Last year, I had 159 books. That was kind of cool. And some of them are fiction, some nonfiction. And this year, I'm up to 57, 58 so far. Why so, is that some, so important to you to be so well-read? I believe the good Lord put us here for a number of reasons. One of them was to love. you got to love uh, your fellow man and woman. And um, uh, another one is to grow to learn and to contribute. And I can't grow, learn, or contribute if I am ignorant of things. So I like to read. Reading touches my soul. I mean, a beautifully written novel or a poem can elevate me in an incredible way. And then all the, the work that I do requires that I know a few things. So I, I'm constantly looking for smart people who've written good books. And, you know, one of my mentors, Mr. Al Asensio, a very successful businessman, once said to me, leaders are readers mm -hmm. and that's stuck with me forever and I, I i say this to everybody if you if you want to be a leader you need to be a reader yeah i used to be a leader and then i stopped being a reader and now i'm not sure where i am but uh <laughs> i need to i need to pick that back up so um all right so nikki uh let's talk about god in your life 
in your journey. Um, you know, as there are people listening right now that are in all different places in their spiritual journey. I remember back when I was raised Christian, but then I fell away and, uh, you know, became agnostic. Then I became atheist and uh, wanted nothing to do with God. He just didn't exist in my life at all. Um, and then he came and found me in the darkness and I, you know, I resisted him saving me even, right? But he brought me back. So I no longer judge people um, for where they are in their spiritual journey. I used to do that, but I no longer do that because God allowed me to be at all different places in mine. So it gives me compassion for them. So speaking of that, where, how did your life start out? Right? You, you raised in a Christian home, your father like moves everybody, right? There's, there's, everything's breaking out, all hell breaking out in your homeland, and, and your brother moves you, uh, sorry, your father moves you, um, you know, west to freedom. And what did life look like growing up? Paint us a quick picture of that. Like when you came to America, you know, from Iran, was there any other type of persecution you ran into over here? You know, as being an so outsider we, we, we per se? To Canada. To Canada. We to okay. Canada, yeah. Uh, not, not America, but, um, you know, there wasn't persecution, man. There really wasn't. I mean, I had some individual instances of discrimination, but they were very rare. Compared to Iran, it was nothing. Okay. Like in Iran, we face discrimination on a daily yeah. basis. Over here, I think over a 40-year period, I've faced it like three, four times. It's okay. like, it's pretty wild. Uh, until recently, where the woke tards are discriminating against anyone who's a Christian. So mm -hmm. that that's different. But prior to that, based on being an Iranian, didn't really face much persecution or discrimination. But I'll tell you what watching the Islamic revolution did to me is it turned me off of all religion for quite some time. Because I thought that if people could lie about their relationship with God in the name of religion, and if they could go murder people who disagreed with them religiously, then I didn't want to have anything to do with religion anymore. Even though it wasn't Christians who did it, I just felt that, you know, um, I wanted a personal relationship with God. I didn't want a relationship with these people who purported to tell me how I should have that personal relationship. So for the longest time, um, I stopped going to church except uh, on special occasions like Easter and Christmas and things like that. And um, I just, I was a wayward sheep, you know. What was life but like? Little, How did your life change when you walked away from God, religion, etc.? Well, I felt a lot more anxiety hmm. because I felt alone and I was trying to figure it out by myself. Can you relate to that? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I mean, there was anxiety going through my body and my soul and my brain. And I was trying to pretend it wasn't there, but it was there. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was there. Um, and at the moments where I let myself um, allow God in, that anxiety would disappear. But those moments were for decades, few and far in between. Mm. It's only been in the last few years with society turning against Christianity, the vengeance that I, I started to like, think, wait a minute, if, if all the wrong people say Christianity's bad, then Christianity must have some really great redeeming features to it. <laughs> and so mm. one of my clients, uh, I should introduce you to at some point, his name is uh, Colt Charlebois. 
He is from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And Colt, great first name, Colt. <laughs> Colt Handgun. Come on, he sounds yeah. violent. I like him. <laughs> he sounds violent, but he's one of the most, uh, you know, uh, wonderful, uh, peaceful men you'll ever meet. Uh, I'm sure he can get violent if he needs to, but <laughs> uh, Colt, um, Colt became a client of mine. And he started to, um, he started to have some conversations with us uh, about his faith. And as he spoke about his faith, it, I just felt a tug, like, this is for me. Mm. Why am I resisting? Why am I holding back? And so, you know, a little over a year ago, um, Colt sent me uh, a um, link to um, uh, a series called The Chosen. Oh, yeah. And uh, very popular. I watched, I watched, um, uh, I watched, I watched an episode late at night after one of these three day workshops. I told you that we do the immersion workshops. I couldn't stop watching. I mean, I watched eight hours straight. I stayed up till four in the morning. <laughs> watching no the way. Episode. Yeah. And um, I kept watching uh, season two as well. And by the end of the series, um, I let Christ begin my life. And that was when I stopped being um, wishy-washy about it. Hmm. Stopped avoiding the truth that I'm a Christian. Stopped being uh, secretive about it. And I tell everybody I'm a Christian now. And I look for believers. And it just seems to me that believers are being attracted to us. We're, we're, we have a, a Catholic fellow from Idaho right now who signed up to come do our immersion. He's flying from Idaho to, to Toronto uh, early next week. You know, uh, it's it's a beautiful thing from my perspective to be around people of faith and to help strengthen people of faith because they need that right now. We're going through a time where people of faith are being asked to compromise their values. And, you know, this fellow and his wife, who are both Catholic and they're both business coaches, believe it or not, husband and wife, Catholic business coaches, who would have thought, right? <laughs> she says that her tagline to her clients are, you know, you need a business coach, but wouldn't you like a business coach who's not going to ask you to compromise your values or your faith? Mm. And I went, whoa, that was, that was profound, powerful, deep. And I think, you know, that's part of the role that I want to play for anybody who believes in, um, in God and anybody who believes in freedom, frankly, even if they're not a, a believer in, in, in God yet, I want to be somebody who says, I'm not going to force you to compromise your values. I'm going to have you live your values. And I think that's great. I think that's what we all should be doing instead of what we do, supporting people who want to elevate themselves, who want to live a godly life, who want to live a Christian life, and giving them the faith, the belief, the courage, the backing to do that in a public way. I agree with you completely. Wow. You brought up a lot in that. We could dig into multiple areas. I'd like to ask you though, you mentioned that God used the chosen series um, to bring you back to him. And that's one thing I really like about God is he uses natural interest of ours Um Sometimes even things we're doing where we're misbehaving, he'll even use that. 
uh, to bring us back to him. I know he did in my life. So as God brought you back uh, to him through the chosen, you said, you know, that's when I finally just like stopped resisting him. And I was like, I'm in, I'm all in. What did that actually look like for our listeners right now? Um, that one person that was meant to hear today's episode and they're exactly where you were, but they're there right now. And they're pretending they're not Christian. They're compromising on their beliefs because of cancel culture and fear and all that other stuff. Um, what did that actually look like to stop resisting God and go all in? Like, was it a specific prayer you said with specific words or something else? No, it, it just inside, I thought God was speaking to me and I just spoke back inside, you know, I've had to speak to me about three or four times in my life where it was clear as, 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 as a bell that he was speaking to me. And I just said, okay, God, I'm, in, I, I'm with you. And, uh, what it looked like in terms of day-to-day life. So Joseph, I started having more conversations with my client Colt. So I'm his business mentor. He's my Christ mentor, you know? <laughs> uh, so he runs a, a group out of Ottawa and they met online and he has them at the worst time for me. I just found ways to make them work like seven in the morning. You know, I'm, I, I, I used to be a personal trainer and I still work out with a few people. Uh, a few days a week. It's a good way to keep myself in shape. And, uh, you know, he always has them in the middle of these appointments and I'm not, you know, I told him, look, I'm not going to be able to shift these appointments. Cause I I'm still going to get my workouts in, but I'm going to listen in while I'm working out or whatever. We'll figure it out. And they, they thought it was weird as all get out because everybody else is sitting at their table with a couple of exceptions, but I'm like, I'm pumping weights, <laughs> you know what I mean? And doing this thing. Um, and then the other thing that, uh, I started to do, uh, was, um, honestly, look for other people of faith to talk to, to support, to help. That's the important thing. And with Colt, we're in the process of putting together a kingdom business conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, might have Colt uh, have a conversation with you because it's going to be held in Ottawa. We want it to be, we want it to be big. We want to find a way to work with uh, other people that are part of this type of conversation to have them come and attend and speak and all that stuff. But I think that would be good. I think a kingdom business conference is a wonderful opportunity for men and women of faith who are in business to, you know, learn the good things about how to run a business effectively and how to be the kind of person that uh, is um, successful but not compromising their values, putting faith at the center of their, of their business, at the center of their lives and not hiding it, not being covert about it. So to me, this is the sort of thing that uh, I would have never thought of before. I would have never done before, you know, and um, there's a Bible lying by my bedside now. Uh, I haven't read it for a little while. (laughs) I got to be honest, but there was a time when I was reading it daily. I want to get back to reading it daily. Uh, and I want to have good conversations with good Christian men and women, you know, that yeah. are part of spreading the word. So that's why I'm grateful to be on your show, because I believe every man, every woman that is listening to your show, it, whether they figured it out or they haven't, they're still looking for some inspiration. They're still looking for somebody to give them permission to be who they are and not 
hold back because of fear, because of doubt put there by the enemy, brother. Yeah, I agree completely. So if you're listening right now and you're, you find yourself uh, in your spiritual journey where Nikki was, and maybe you just feel like you're going through the motions, but you don't actually um, believe you know, that God is showing up right now in the world. You see more darkness than God's light. Um, you see all the problems with religion. You see all the, the rules and the regulations. You see the um, just evidence around you um, that things aren't working. They're not going well. Um, and it's, it's very overwhelming. And you don't know how to make that jump back towards God. I think Nikki brought up a very key point that I pulled from it, and I'm just going to put in my own language, BC Nation, for you, and that is whatever God God put a law in the universe, his universe that he created. The universe is not God. God is God, and he created a universe with a set law, you know, set laws and order in it. And one of the laws he put in it is that whatever man looks for, whatever you look for, relentlessly. You will find. You will find. So if you're looking for evidence that God doesn't exist, you will attract all of that around you. You'll attract darkness and you won't be able to see God. And your brain will believe that he doesn't exist. See, look at all the evidence he doesn't exist. Look at the pain, the suffering, the hypocrisy, right? And you'll start to believe God doesn't exist. However, if you start to look for God everywhere, and you start to look for people that are living authentic Christian lives, his followers, well, you're going to start to attract them all around you the same way Nikki's experiencing that right now. As soon as we got on, you know, before we went live today, he's like, dude, you're the third person uh, to pray before a show. I went eight years of doing shows. Nobody's ever prayed. And now three people back to back are praying. Well, yeah, because Nikki's on the lookout for God and evidence of God all around him. So he's attracting God's followers. You could do the same thing, BC Nation. So whatever you look for, whatever you choose to look for, you will find more of. So ask yourself, what do you want to find? Do you want to find more darkness, more evidence God's not real? Okay. How's it working for you? Or do you want to find more evidence that God is real. He is in control. He does have a plan for all this chaos. And most importantly, he has a great plan for your life. If you choose to believe that and pursue that, you'll find other people that believe it and are living it. And you'll stack up enough evidence for your brain to fondly catch on and go, oh my goodness, God is real and he loves me. I'm going to choose to love him back. So Nikki, thank you for letting me unpeel or unpack some of what you presented there. I think that was really powerful. Nikki, if you were being transparent, totally transparent right now, where do you still resist God in your life? Well, you know, I'm still not a fan of the whole organized religion aspect of things. So I don't <laughs> often go to, like, there's a lot of churches here. Um, there's not a lot of churches that I'd call, like, Bible-based. There's a lot of them that are... I don't know, uh, a little too um, uh, liberal for my taste, quite sure. candidly. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, I want to find a chase, a, a church that's Bible based, that's traditional. Um, and the, uh, the other challenge is like, I, I just tell myself things like, yeah, I don't have time to go. My son's got soccer Sunday mornings. I drive him, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And I got to find a way to, to resist that a bit less and find a way to make that work. Because I think yeah. going to, to church regularly would be really, really good. Um, yeah. That's that's the main thing, man. Everything else is a okay. <laughs> okay, awesome. And Nikki, thank you for being honest about that because I think there's millions of Christians out there. If they were honest right now, um, they also are like, ah, I'm not into the whole organized religion thing. I love God. I want relationship with God, but I don't like the whole religious church thing with a capital C. And you know, I would just offer uh, to all those out there that struggle with that because I used to struggle with that. Um, you know, you got to go back to Jesus. Why would Jesus, God himself, before he left, put together a church? Why would he do it? Why would he put someone in charge of it? Like Peter, you're the rock on this rock. I'm going to build my church, my organized religion. Like, why would he do that if it's not good? Now, that does not mean there are not humans that do bad things within the church, because there are in every denomination. And by the way, there's atheists and agnostics with no church that do really bad things as well. It's called humanity, right? It's, it's a sinful nature, right? We all have it. So I would just invite everyone out there who does have that struggle God's ways are higher than our ways. So we're either going to believe what we believe or we're going to believe that God actually knows more than us. And if Jesus started a church, right, over 2,000 years ago that's still going on today, there's a reason. And he didn't do it for you to not show up. Sorry, he didn't. He did it for you. There's something he wants to give you there. And when we're not going, we're missing out on it. And we don't even know what we don't know. We think, oh, no, everything's fine. Everything, okay, but maybe God wants everything to be great, not just fine. He wants to give you more, bless you with more, and, and, and allow you to um, impact right, more people. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of challenge uh, those that deal with that. Nikki, thank you for going first. Really appreciate that kind of leadership. Uh, where are you cooperating with God right now? Obviously, you're pursuing, you know, um, you're looking for him. You're looking for Christians, that people that are not compromising, you know, their beliefs in God, etc. But where in your personal life or in your business life are you cooperating with God in his plan, the calling he has on your life? On a personal front, man, I'm working hard to raise two great sons. I'm working hard to be a great ex-husband to my former wife, to be a great man to my current lady, uh, and to to live as a Christian, you know, to forgive more and to hold on to resentment and anger less. And I'm imperfect at that, let me tell you, but I, I do work at it. On um, On a business front, like I've made a conscious decision that I want to help more freedom lovers and more Christians, hmm. people who believe in the birthright that God almighty gave us. So I seek those people out. I talk about freedom a lot on my shows. I bring on people that are Christians on my various shows. I go on shows hosted by Christians and 
one of the things that I find a lot of Christians have trouble with is the S word selling. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they just think, oh, no, no, God's, I'm not, I shouldn't sell. I should just give this away. This is what God intends for me to do. And the challenge with that is that, you know, there's a difference between providing a professional service and giving your heart and soul to somebody who is going through a hard time who needs your help. I mean, look, I help people all the time. I give up myself and I give away all the time. But God didn't put you here on this earth to just give and not receive. You're meant to be an excellent uh, receiver and a generous giver, right? So one of the things that I really work with with Christians is to say, look, if you don't give what you should give, you won't get what you should get. But the reverse is all true, also true. If you don't get what you should get, you won't give what you should give. The energy equation's got to work. That's how God created it. And a lot of Christians don't want to come across as salesy, don't want to come across as pushy, don't want to have commission breath, <laughs> you know, commission. Breath. I mean, think about that. I don't want to have commission breath. And, and I understand all that. But if you reframe it from selling to serving, which is one of the things I help Christians do, and you serve this person to solve a real problem they're faced with, then it's wonderful to serve people. And of course, you should get paid in service. You know, the Lord's servants get paid one way or another. They get paid with God's favor, and they also get paid with monetary and other material benefits here on earth. So I'm really good at getting people paid. I love it. I love reframing, selling, to serving. You know, it's one of my things. So that's kind of one of the ways that I help do what God love, wants me to do for his chosen children. <laughs> I like it, right? There's a calling right there. There's definitely a calling because that is a major problem that millions of God's children, they they have, and it blocks them. It blocks them from from impacting more and, and doing more for God's kingdom. There's no question. Dude, I had a poverty mindset for years. Every time I would hit a certain financial threshold, I would start self-sabotaging and crash it all. Like, I didn't even know I was doing that. Complete blind spot, complete blind spot, right? And then I eventually found out what it was. I had twisted as a little boy, I had twisted the Bible verse, the love of money is the root of all evil. All evil. And I somehow in my little boy brain deleted the word love or obsession of money, right? I deleted the word and it was just money is the root of all evil. You know how many Christians do that? Yes. Yes, it's dysfunctional. It's a lie. That's the enemy. The enemy takes God's truth and twists the word, distorts the word. One word that changes the entire meaning. And then we feel guilty about it. So we don't actually go for it and pursue it. So we play small and we stay small. And we block God's blessings and God's favor. Right? And we don't even know it. So like I had to get rid of that head trash and actually see money head as trash is what it is. It's head trash, right? And I had yeah. to dump my pail of head trash and see income equals impact. Income equals impact. The more income I make, the more impact I can have. Now, if I'm, not, if I'm obsessed with the income, well, that's a problem. But see, when I finally learned to be obsessed with the impact and see the in income as necessary in order to get that impact, man, things shifted. Things shifted. So BC Nation, if you're wrestling with that, I mean, like you got to dump that pail of head trash. 
Bring it to God. Surrender it to him. Hire someone like Nikki, right, to reframe all of this because it's holding you. Nikki, let's ask you this. What's been your number one habit, um, spiritual strategy, uh, daily routine that has really kept you um, aligned with God's will for your life? Even if it's just recently in the past few years. You know, I don't know that I have it in the form of a daily routine. Okay. And that's actually, when you asked me that question, I felt uncomfortable because I'm like, I don't know. I don't do this daily. And I probably ought to. It's kind of like showering. It's recommended daily. Yeah. (laughs) They say, right. Yeah. 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 What I do do is, um, I have a lot of conversations with the people and I seek them out to speak to them, you know? So like my client Colt, I talk to him several times a week over and above, you know, client stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I also have some friends of mine who are very, very successful businessmen, like ridiculously successful, like nine figure businessmen that are Christians. And I speak to them. I speak to them about business because, you know, I work with them and I'm looking to do work with them. I I believe I could serve them. And I think I can serve them better than a non-Christian person can, quite frankly. And secondly, though, I want to talk to them about, about my faith and about things that I'm doing. And they're always open to that. Like, it's incredible. These are some of the busiest humans on the planet. And if I want to talk about God, they drop everything. They're just, okay, what do you want to talk about? And I've had one who had a day, and he told me about this later because I didn't know this. He spent two hours on the phone with me in the middle of a day where he had zero white space. He threw away a couple of his appointments and he said, I'm sorry, back to you, can't do it. Didn't tell me this. I found out about this months later and he spent two hours on the phone with me talking about faith in God. And I was like, who does that? Who does that, Joseph? A man of God does that. Because yeah. he knows that's more important than whatever business thing he was going to do. And he'll get to that when he gets to that. You know, so those are some of the things that I do. And, you know, what you were talking about, the head trash, if you don't mind me going back to that for a moment, sure. because I just want to drive this point home. Um, the enemy wants you to believe that you having money is bad because that keeps you down and weak. And if you look at what's going on in our, cult, in our culture, right, the forces of darkness are accumulating all the money and they're doing their darndest to keep it away from the forces of light. So you got to remember that, okay? That head trash you have is being used for sinister purposes to keep Christians and the forces of light down, number one. Right? And number two, there are plenty of thought leaders that speak about godliness and prosperity and the one of the most important and earliest ones is Catherine ponder reverend Catherine ponder she wrote the dynamic laws of prosperity she her first book was written in 1962 she's 95 and she's still alive today and she's the pastor of the unity church out of palm Springs. she's originally from alabama brother so you think about that people that are writing about this in the christian world have been around since at least the early 60s. So if you look for this, again, you were talking about this, Joseph, that if you look for evidence, 
of God wanting you to be prosperous, you will find that too. So mm-hmm. Catherine Ponder, Joseph Warren, Nikki Ballou, <laughs> you know, Joel Osteen, TD Jakes, and a host of other people are saying this is important. So pay heed to that. Amen to that. Now I will say this to you, BC Nation. Don't take it too far. Don't take it too far, right? If you're pursuing the prosperity over or more than the relationship with God, you've taken it too far. If you start looking to the universe to you know and law of attraction and you now start worshiping God's creation as there to serve you and be your genie in the sky, that's a problem, right? You're, you're, you're going too far. You're going too far. You're distorting it. So as long as you keep God where God belongs on the throne of your life and then understand that prosperity is good if it's being used for God's kingdom and to glorify God, if it's being used to glorify yourself, it's bad. As long as you get that and don't cross that line, then you're good, right? And you can listen to the Joel Olsteins and the others and take the good from what they're saying. And if you feel they're going too far, okay, disregard that. But never go too far yourself. That's the key, okay? And don't throw out the baby with the bathwater just because maybe you, you see someone on social media that goes too far and you're like, that's it. All prosperity is bad in the kingdom of God. No, that's ignorant. Don't do that. So find the middle, right? There's extremes on both sides. Where's the middle? God typically shows up in the middle in that quiet. Yeah, and the message is what's important, not necessarily the flawed messenger, because every messenger of God has flaws. And that's something we got to realize. I got flaws. Listen, ask my woman. She'll tell you about all my flaws for a couple hours, right? She can just, you, we could put them on this podcast. Joseph's woman, Nikki's woman. Let me tell you. I mean, Dude, I had a, know, a buddy of mine, a, a buddy time. of mine years ago, Nikki, he said, we're talking about blind spots. He goes, Joseph, you have so many blind spots. And he's a very successful, uh, high-powered judge in, in DC. And he's like, you have so many blind spots that you are one big blind spot. And I was like, what? I don't get it. Like, <laughs> so clueless and naive. Ask your, ask, ask your lady. She'll tell you about all of them. Like, you want to know what your blind spots are? Ask your, Just have ask a your meeting spouse. with your lady. She'll tell you all of them. She'll <laughs> tell you all of them. Like, in two minutes flat. Huh, really? That's true about me? And then you'll ask five of your friends, and go, oh, yeah. No, that can't be. They're like, you didn't know that? True. We all know that. You're like, why didn't you tell you me? What kind of friend are you? I <laughs> see you are i didn't want to piss you off exactly exactly the truth of the matter is brother the messenger should not be mistaken for the message like if people are going on social media maybe you don't like td jakes maybe you don't like joe losey maybe you don't like nikki balloon maybe you don't like joseph Ford. hey we're not for everybody but don't throw out the message just because something about the messenger is flawed and imperfect and i think that's what we got to make sure everybody hears do not disregard a message because the messenger is flawed do not disregard the message because the messenger screwed up and messed everything up in their life that doesn't mean everything they've ever said was wrong it just means they're a flawed and imperfect child of god that's an awesome point to end the show with nikki and for bc nation think of the jews and jesus they ignored his message because they didn't like him as the messenger He didn't fit the kingly role, right? The worldly royalty and where's all his soldiers and he's supposed to 
the Messiah is supposed to come and save us through military force, right? That's what they thought. And they see this humble carpenter's son show up and they missed his message and hung him on a cross because they didn't like the messenger. Like, think about that. So when we're doing that, we are no better than the Jews hanging Jesus on a cross. So thank you for that, Nikki. I want to say this about that because those are the Pharisees. That was Mm -hmm. not the average Jewish man or woman because the average Jewish man or woman didn't hang Jesus on the cross. The average Jewish man or woman, actually, majority of them ended up becoming Christians. And I want to just draw a distinction between those two folks because to me, um, you know, those leaders, I would argue, weren't even true to Jews (laughs) because of the way they ended up acting. Uh, so I think it's important to say that because the, Jesus was a Jew, you yeah. know, and, and that was an important thing for everybody to understand. And he wanted to bring the Jewish people to God and, and, and to have them truly realize the promise of God. Christ Jesus comes from the, the, the Jewish tradition. So, you know, for me, I don't want anyone to think that, you know, we're we're against Jews because we're not. No, 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 no. And I want to think I want to make sure and when I, this when I culture day, that you got to say. Oh, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And when I you say really that, really no, do. when I say that, Nikki, I mean, the flawed humanity within the Jewish people and, and all of us. Right. Where us. even yeah. though the Pharisees, the wolves in sheep's clothing misled it's them, they stayed silent. They didn't fight back. They stayed sheepish. Right. And they didn't say, no, this is wrong. Jesus is the Messiah. And they didn't fight for it. Right. Very similar to present day where we're watching wolves in sheep clothing, leading the lambs, the sheep off of a cliff and laws are being changed and the darkness is spreading because we're silent. So, yeah, I'm not putting a label on the Jews themselves. Right. I'm, I'm putting a label on humanity when humanity kills the messenger and misses the message. And when humanity yeah. stays Amen. silent, Amen. when others are killing the messenger and missing the message, right? That's a problem within us that we all can choose. We all can choose to stand up. So with that, Nikki, let's let's get into my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't <laughs> overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? I'm ready, bro. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? Uh, that he forgives me. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. What's your least favorite thing about God? Oh, that he forgives me. <laughs> I wouldn't sometimes forgive me. Why do you forgive it. me? Well, sometimes I don't deserve it. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I hear you. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with or struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Well, at a personal level, man, um, I've done 75 hard a couple times and I was doing it for a third time and I forgot to take my picture. And so I I stopped and now I'm I'm kind of creeping into some bad habits. So that's what I'm struggling with a little bit. Just a couple of bad habits, a poquito, you know, not horrible habits, but you know, like just eating yeah. a little more bread than I than I normally do and crap like that. So um, that's one at a professional level, brother. You know, the last two years w- were very difficult for us because our business was primarily a, a, an in-person business. Mm-hmm. So right now we're coming back to in-person, and I just got to get myself out there. One of the reasons I come on the shows like this, so 
people remember us and we get back to the space where we are able to serve all the people that need our help because there's a ton of people that need our help. No question. Nikki, what are you most afraid of? Dying with my potential fully intact. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Social media. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, what secret fear do you have about people? Oh, God. That they're not going to like me. That's the truth. That's my secret fear. Yeah, for sure. It's a common one. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Um, that I could make a lot of mistakes in life and it would all be okay. Yeah. He loves us anyway. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, what's a new habit that you're going to create this year? To learn. I'll, I'll tell you a Christian habit. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read some uh, something from the Bible or some other faith-based um, work on a daily basis at a, at a at a business level right now. I gotta, I gotta get the whole uh, automated online sales funnel thing figured out. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm willing to suck at it until I become good at it. Okay, fair enough. What's a bad habit you're going to break? Eating after eight thirty nine at night <laughs> kind of kills the seventy five hard, doesn't it? No, All right, it sure does. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Relentless, passionate, and uh, empathetic. Hmm. Pick three words to describe who you were before. Um, you came back to God, yeah. Um, self-hating, um, angry, afraid. Self-hating, angry, and afraid, BC Nation. Do you struggle with any of those? There's a reason. Thank you for that, Nikki. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your kids in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about God and relationship with him, what would you say to them? Be around godly people who share your values and stay away from ungodly people who don't. It's a pretty simple principle for life. <laughs> I like it. All right, Nikki, this is the part of the show where you get to give BC Nation, my audience, a homework assignment for this week. What is one action they must take this week if they want to grow uh, their relationship with God, if they want God to lead their life? What do they need to do? Have a conversation every day with a different person of faith and ask them this question. And take note of the answer, i.e. record it somehow and, and ponder it. Um, what is it that you do to strengthen and deepen your faith? Just ask them all to tell you that. That'll strengthen your relationship with God. Because having a different perspective on that than the one you have will probably show you how you can do it better, faster. It's a great question to ask. All right, BC Nation, do you enjoy the show? Do you enjoy Broken Catholic? Like, do you listen every single week? 
and you get to meet people like Nikki, just incredible human beings in service to God and his people. If you do, go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or go to BrokenCatholic.com, BrokenCatholic.com, and write your five-star review. Like, give a shout-out about Nikki and how he showed up today, like, completely transparent. Very humble, very vulnerable. Put himself out there for you so that you can be inspired to move closer to God. So go ahead and write that five-star review. And I'm and if I like what you write, I will give you a live shout-out on the show, which I'm about to do right now for... Uh, we got a five-star review from David Domzowski. David Domzowski uh, wrote, Real Questions. Joseph brings the heat in Broken Catholic. I appreciate how he asks guests real questions, not fluff. You get people being vulnerable about who they are and where God is leading them. We need more of that authenticity in this life, and Joseph's podcast brings that out. God bless this podcast ministry. Thank you, David Domzowski. Praise God uh, for the work that he's doing in my life and the life of others and my guests. Uh, BC Nation, go write your five-star review. Do it right now. Do it right now. Stop being selfish. Come on. I know you're getting something out of this show. I know it. Like, go thank God for it and do it through a five-star review. All right. Uh, Nikki, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose? What do you got for them, brother? So... Um, here's one thing I want to just offer to anybody in the community right now. If uh, any of the subjects we discussed today are uh, something you want to talk about, it doesn't have to be business. Go to my website, eastcircleacademy.com. Tell me that you heard me on Joseph's show and you want to talk. And I'll give you 45 minutes of my time to have a godly conversation with you. So it does not need to be business. But if you're in business, you're one of those Christians who is struggling with that whole sales thing. Or, you know, you're struggling with your, with, with, with your messaging and with uh, being seen as, a, uh, as an authority, as a thought leader, then absolutely come to eCircleAcademy.com. Uh, let's book a call. Let's have an conversation. Um, but I want to tell you, Joseph, um, the people listening to your show, uh, they don't know what a treasure they have in you, man. This is really, really important stuff. This is more than just a, a show. This is... Um, this is a way to help God reach his children, man. God bless you. Thank you, Nikki. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. 
If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.